Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a saner, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. For years, I felt like I was destined to go to hell because there was no way I could keep all of God's laws and there was no way I could win God's approval. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, there is nothing I can ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loves me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to lose my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. And welcome to another episode of Finding God. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Guys, this week on the podcast, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Angela Walker. Now, I've known Angela for a long time. We used to go to the same church, and she used to teach my daughters in um, choir rehearsal. She used to be the children's choir director, and they loved it. Angela loved working with children at the church that we used to attend, and I have known her a long time. Angela also is the founder of an amazing drumline, and it's called Huntsville Community Drumline. They do a lot of free drum lessons. They have kids coming from the community to learn how to play drums and be stick masters. She has an amazing nonprofit organization. So I'm extremely excited for you to hear her story of how she found God. Now, before you hear this interview, I do want to let you know we are going to be talking a lot about legalism and how sometimes legalism gets in the way of us really having a relationship with God. I wanna let you know that we are not knocking any specific religion. We're just talking about a certain religion does come up and that's just because that's the religion she was in at the time. But we're not knocking anybody's religion, so please don't take offense if you think that's what we're doing. The whole um, purpose of the show is to let you know that it's important regardless of whether you have a religion or you don't have a religion, that that relationship with God is paramount to anything. So without further ado, here's Angela's amazing story of how she found God. All right, so I guess the first question would be like, tell me a little bit about your childhood. What was that like? Uh, As far as I know, um, my sister used to always call me kind of like a Pollyanna because I just thought everything was great. I thought I had the perfect family. I thought we were just the, you know, the epitome of what a family should be. (laughs) So I I actually had a a good childhood, um, 
pretty sheltered. I grew up with a fourth generation Adventist. So my family was very, I don't want to say strict or conservative, but they were, um, they, they just kind of kept us sheltered. So our entire life pretty much revolved around church and church activities. So we didn't do a lot of stuff that wasn't related. It's just my sister and myself, it's two of us girls and uh, my mom and my dad. And, um, you know, they just, most of our activities were centered around our church. I grew up in Buffalo, New York and um, was there, born and raised, stayed there until I guess about my junior year of high school. I went to public school uh, my freshman and sophomore year of high school and then my junior year. At uh, that time, Buffalo was getting a little crazy, and you know, I'm just coming home telling my mom about all the crazy things that was, you know, that were taking place, and maybe the shootouts that were happening on the bus or in the classroom, or you know, things like that. And I'm just coming home, just anxious to share my day with her and stuff. And she would just sit there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the, my junior year, they shipped me off to uh, Pine Forge Academy in uh, Pennsylvania, and then. Um, for my senior year, they actually relocated to Huntsville. And at that time, my sister was at Oakwood uh, College, which is now Oakwood University. And uh, I finished my senior year at Oakwood uh, Academy. And then um, I decided I didn't want to go to Oakwood. So I just went across town to Alabama A&M and got my degree in uh, education, my master's in education and taught for 30 years and retired. And here I am. Yeah, that's amazing because it's funny because I also grew up like as an Adventist when I was a kid. So I know exactly what you're talking about when you're like, it was kind of sheltered. You're like in your own group. And I only, I went to church school like from, I guess, first grade all the way up to 12th grade. So that's pretty much how that was for me. But no, I totally understand. And even though it's like, it was kind of like strict to a certain extent because you Mm -hmm. had certain things you had to do at certain times. But I think at the time, I didn't even realize that it was strict or even that it was, you know, I mean, it's just all I knew. That's, that's, that's what we did. I mean, that's who we were and that's what, um, um, that's what our life was. So I, even though, you know, you would look at your neighbors and, you know, people that I went to school with and I'd see them and, you know, think that they had a whole lot more liberties the church where I grew up was a very active church. I mean, it was super active. So it was kind of like we were there, sheesh, five, six days a week for something, you know, whether it's rehearsal or prayer meeting or pathfinders or, you know, whatever. There was always something going on, you know, at our church. So that's why I said, even though it was it was restrictive, you know, that we weren't going, you know, doing things on Saturday or, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, weren't doing a lot of things, activities out with, you, you know, uh, uh, people who weren't part of our church, um, not because my parents, I mean, they just, I don't know, just, they just weren't really a part of my life. We just, we just, you know, everything was church related or the people in my church, those were pretty much my friends. Uh, so, um, you know, looking back, I mean, I don't have any regrets because I love my church. I love my church family. So it was really good. Um, people that I went to school with, they were just people that I went to school with. But uh, in terms of like friendships and whatever, 
you know, we weren't really encouraged. We didn't spend a night over anybody's house or anything like that. I mean, we were at our house with our family and, you know, or at church. So what were you taught as a child about God? You know, that's interesting because I didn't really learn much about God. (laughs) And that sounds so weird to say, but I don't really remember very much about ever learning about God. I'm sure that we probably did. All I remember was the restrictions and the guidelines. That's that's all I remember. If you ask me, um, why don't you eat pork or why are you seven day Adventists? It's like, all I can tell you, well, we go to church on Saturdays and we don't eat pork, you know, but I couldn't tell you why. I couldn't tell you anything about God. I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't tell you much at all. Um, that just was never part of uh, the training that I remember. I guess I was absent for that lesson, <laughs> but I don't really remember, you know, much about God. I just knew that um, <clears throat> if you didn't go to church on Saturday, you were going to hell. You know, if you ate pork, you were going to hell. You wore jewelry, you're going to hell. You know, those those were the things that I knew about you know, religion, but I can't really say that I've thought much about God or was, you know, I don't remember being taught too much about God or, you know, I I just don't remember that at all as part of my upbringing. I just thought that there was this, this, this being that, you know, was there watching down on us and waiting for us to, you know, break the Sabbath or waiting for us to do something wrong that, you know, we were going to get in trouble for. Um, I, I just don't really remember anything else about God. I, I really don't. So I guess my next question is, um, tell me about a positive experience you had in church and tell me about a negative experience you had in church. It could be while you were growing up or when you got older. Wow. Positive. I, I really, um, wow. I mean, I had a lot of positive experiences growing up. I really, 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 I really enjoyed, like I said, I really enjoyed the church that we were a part of. I belonged to church. It was called Emmanuel Temple in Buffalo, New York. And it was just, it was just a, it's just an amazing church. Just, um, the, the people that provided, uh, us with experiences, even though it may not have necessarily been about God, but I just loved growing up there. So, I mean, there was just many positive experiences. I mean, just, you know, there was always church activities, always church picnics. I mean, just, there was always something, always something going on. You know, um, negative experiences, you know, I would say probably, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 probably as I got older, got so much more disillusioned with the church and organized religion, period. You know, because for me, I always feel as if, well, now, now because of where I am in my journey, I just feel like, you know, it should be about ministry or having them feel as if by being by me or being around me, they would want to have what I have and have a closer relationship or have a relationship with God. And I didn't see a lot of that um, 
as I got older, you know, I left Buffalo when I was 17. Like I said, we, we, we moved, relocated. And so from there, the church experiences, and I don't know if the church changed or I just got older. I got older. And so once you get to that age where you're now able to make decisions for yourself, then I had to start questioning, okay, why am I still doing this? Why, you know, tell me what is going on here. I don't really like this anymore. You know, so then it becomes a routine. And I think the turning point for me, when, when I was, um, when I was, when we, when, when my family relocated to Huntsville, I was uh, attending Alabama A&M University and I commuted back and forth every day. You know, I didn't live too far from campus, but my family was here. And then the following year, they, they moved to Germany. Well, I moved with them to Germany and I stayed in Germany for two years. And then my dad said, okay, you probably need to go back and finish school. So I'd already completed my freshman year at A&M. And so, you know, when he, when he wanted me to come back, you know, they said, well, you might, you want to go to Oakwood. And I was like, no, I started at A&M. I may as well finish at A&M. Well, that now meant that I was going to be staying in a dormitory at A&M. And so that was a, that probably was a turning point in my journey with Adventism. Because while I did try to, you know, go back and forth or lead two separate lives or, you know, I'm here at A&M during the week and then, all right, now I'm going to try to go to church on Saturdays and I will go to church on Saturdays. But if nobody invited me home for dinner, then that means now I got to go back up on campus and hang out. And, you know, so at that point is probably when I would say the shift came. I think if I had to do it over again, I probably, and I have absolutely no regrets, but if I had to do it over again, I probably would have selected Oakwood so that I could probably at least share the same um, religious values that I grew up with. Um, but I don't feel as if, like I said, I, I had a great experience at A&M. So. <laughs> So I can't say that, you know, I like to say, I can't say I have any regrets, but I, I would say that if I had to do it over again, I probably would have, because at least there, they're keeping the Sabbath. But I think once I, once I moved in that direction and, you know, still had two or three more years at A&M and my family was still overseas. And then I guess from there, once I, you know, once I finished A&M and, 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 you know, became, I would say, now it's like, okay, self-supporting, got a job, you know, have to go to work and, you know, things like that. That was kind of like where I was like, okay, now I want to make decisions a little, you know. And so then I was questioning and it's like, okay, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? And so, you know, I started visiting the local churches around Huntsville and stuff and, you know, started going to different places. But it really wasn't until I had my son that I actually planted, you know, got planted in a church because I felt like I have to take my son to church. That was, that was, I mean, there was no question about that. So, you know, that's when I started going to where I was and I was there for like I said, probably about um, 
wow, probably almost 20 years, 15, 20 years or so. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you were there when we were there and the kids are like babies and stuff and everything like that. And mm-hmm. so it was yeah. one of those things where they used to love going to your class. And actually, yeah. it's like after you right. stopped doing the children's choir, after I think one other person came and then they quit. They're like, we're done. <laughs> And I mean, I, it was so weird because I really, really, I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed that. I, that, that's what I enjoyed. I did not enjoy anything adult related, basically. And that's the bottom line. But if it was related to the kids, I was, I was just in my element because I love, I love working with children. That's just always been, you know. I mean, that, that's just, that's me. That's just give me some kids to work with and I'm good. So I love that aspect of it. Church or organized religion, period. I am just, I'm probably just like, huh. I get where you're coming from about the organized religion because I also feel and think the same way. So I know what it was that got me to this point. I know I've been almost on this journey for a long time. It's like you see things and you're just like, but I don't really think this is how it's supposed to be. You start questioning things. And I've always questioned things, but it's like, I'll, at one point, I wanted to just leave the church as a teenager, but now it's like, now nah, I'm going to stick it out. And then after you have kids, like you say, you settle down and you start getting them in. But then I guess it was like a, almost a couple year process. So I was just like, I'm not sure this is what I need to be doing. I'm just not sure. But I kept, you know, just going, I didn't know how to say it or express it, because you know how it is, it's like, you've been taught this all your life, you're brought up this way, so to think anything different is almost like, you know, like, what am I doing, am I leaving the church, or like, what is happening, and you don't really know how to say what it is you're feeling, I get what I'm, I know what I'm saying, it's like, I don't believe in a whole, like you said, religion thing, I think people Mm -hmm. use it to control what people think, and you can't really have a relationship with God because you're too busy being controlled by what you're supposed to be doing based on right. religion. So what got you, like, was there a specific experience that got you to this point to help you, like, put in the focus that, okay, I need to do something different? Like, exactly what was it that took you to that point? Yeah, ironically is, um, I want to say probably when I got, um, I started reading the Clear Word Bible. Uh-huh. You know, prior to that, as everything was always, you know, King James, King James. But when I read the clear word Bible, a lot of my church experiences weren't lining up with what I'm reading in the clear word Bible. The clear word is just that it's clear word. So it was more focused on, you know, as I'm reading the experiences or I'm reading in, you know, the New Testament or what required or what's recommended, nothing was aligning with what I feel as if I grew up with or what I was taught. So I didn't, it was kind of weird because it's like, okay, well, based on what I'm reading, you know, God loves me, period. Well, you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do this. You have to do that. Oh, you got to do, you know, that was not, I didn't see that in scripture. So then I have to kind of think, so where do you guys get this stuff from? You know, where's, where's it coming from? And what really would bother me the most, Kiana, is when I'm sitting in church, and I can tell you one experience, and I'm, I, won't, I won't mention names or anything because, yeah, it's just not relevant anymore as far as I'm concerned, but right. somebody was up and they were talking about 
you know, tithes and offering. The the what and I'm trying I can't I, it's been so long, it's probably been more than 10 years now, but I just remember them saying something to the effect that, you know, God's not gonna bless you mm-hmm. if not returning your tithes and offering. And I thought, but not, that's not a, you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm not opposed to tithe and offering. I believe it, but I feel as if somebody else who may have been there and may not have been where I am in my journey. Right. What would that say to them? And I kind of remember sitting there looking around in the audience. It's like, okay, is anybody else not bothered by this? Or, you know, this is a statement coming from a person in authority. And and I realized, you know, I've always known that I've heard all the time that, well, you know, church is about politics and it's about money. Everything is about finances. And, you know, the church is a business like everything else. But I still, I'm thinking, always thinking about that person who just may have happened in, who was in need of a blessing, who just needed some type of spiritual release, something, you know, and then to hear that, well, if you're not returning your tithe, you are not going to be blessed. And I'm thinking, "Ah, you don't say stuff like that or because God doesn't need our tithe. I said, you return your tithe and you return your offering. You don't even pay tithe. You return it because that's where you are in your journey, you know, and God says, you know, you, you know, you can read the verses for yourself, but I, I just always, that would bother me, you know, things like that. And then there were other, you know, things that were happening that I felt as if we're supposed to be about ministry. Everything should be about ministry it should be our church activity should be ministry driven everything should be about what can we do to meet people at their level not necessarily bring them into the church that should not necessarily be the goal it should be to point them to Jesus you know and I remember another time when and this I don't even mind saying it but I remember because just it just really bothered me, but I remember they when they started doing this back to school parade, and they were going by the church, and you know there were some people who were you know telling the kids come inside, come inside, you know we don't want you to see that, we don't want you to see the parade, and I'm thinking, well, oh, but what this would have been such a great opportunity to you know minister to the people and. And, and 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 do something I said but you know when you tell you tell the kids oh no we don't want you to watch the parade and it's going right by your church now I feel as if you're you're, you're isolating us or you're trying to feel as if you know there we don't we don't want to see what the world is doing but I, I what was the blessing out of that came is you know in year after year that's what ended up taking place that you know somebody suggested why not give out water bottles, water bottles that have Jesus loves you on it and pass that out. Every year after that, now it's like we're giving out water bottles at the parade as opposed to, you know, trying to get the children to go inside and not look at the parade. So, so, you know, every, every lesson, every blessing, every, you know, every blessing turns out to be a lesson some way, you know, so there's always some positives. There's always some negatives. Um, you know, I, I no longer focus on any of the negatives because where I am now in my spiritual journey, 
they don't matter anymore. Right. Um, I no longer attend Adventist church. I totally understand because the way you're talking now, it seems like the relationship that you have with God now is way different from the way you had before. And it's because you have a relationship with him. You're getting to know him rather than focusing so much on rules and regulations. Right, right, right. And that that's, I mean, that's basically where I am. It's, it's not about, um, it's just not about the, the organization or uh, rules and regulations. I do or do not do things because I am saved. I don't do it to be saved. I believe that we are saved by grace. I truly believe that. And if I have to start working towards being saved, I'm not going to make it. But fortunately, the God I serve has already paid the price for me. So I don't have to feel as if I'm working towards that. Now, there are things that I am going to do or things that I'm not going to do because I know that, you know, I don't want to disappoint him. You know, I don't want to let him down, you know, but I don't do it because I'm trying to get points with him. I feel like I, you know, all of my points were nailed to the cross at Calvary. So, uh, <laughs> I, and I, I am definitely, you know, a believer in that, that he did die for my sins. What advice would you give someone who's looking for God? Like what advice would you tell them to help them find him or where they should look to find him? What would you say? I don't know, because to be honest with you, I've always had a hard time with, uh, with that. You know, I can just tell you what he's done for me and the experiences that I've had. I really just wouldn't know how to tell them the direct way to go. I could, you know, give you some gas money. And t- <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, it's funny because, but see, what you're saying actually makes sense though, because there's not a way, especially if you don't know their situation, like you can't really tell somebody exactly how to do it. And I get that. But I do think that just by seeing your life and seeing how you act, I think sometimes that's a bigger witness to people than actually saying anything to them. It's like, you can say words all day long, but if your actions are not matching up, then it means nothing. So I totally get where you're coming from. And I do think like if you were ever in that situation, your actions probably would speak much louder. I'm serious. I would have to just hug them and just say, well, let me just hold your hand. You know, let me just, you know, you can cry on my shoulder. Um, and, 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 and hopefully I could be that, uh, you know, what does it be the change you want to see in the world? Exactly. I'd rather live a sermon, you know, than try to give one because I would not be good at it at all. <laughs> no, I totally understand what you're coming from. But like, like you just said, it's more important to see than to hear at times. Yeah. So I totally agree. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. What an amazing interview with Angela. I love the fact that we were able to sit down and talk about legalism and talk about religion and talk about church because so many times I think that we forget the fact that if we are in a religion, that we're in a religion because we're trying to worship God and we're trying to serve God to the best of our ability. And sometimes we let our religion get in the way of us actually knowing God and having a relationship with Him. There are so many people who can tell you everything about the religion, but... They don't have that relationship with God. And so I feel that having a relationship with God is first and foremost. Like I stated earlier, I'm not telling you you have to leave your religion if you have one, but I'm just asking and encouraging you to focus more on your relationship with God and less on your religion. Because I think the relationship with God 
is more important than focusing on the religion. I also want to just say that sometimes I feel that we can let church get in the way of a relationship with God. And what I mean is that we're so busy all the time with church activities, doing this, doing that, so we don't really have time to spend that time with God or to have that quality time because we're always so busy. So that is you. I would encourage you just to take a moment, just relax, take a break. God loves you, okay? You don't have to prove anything to him by doing so many church activities. So take that time away from what you're doing and just get a chance to know God. Listen, I've been there. I've been so involved with church activities. I wasn't able to listen to any sermons or have a relationship with God because I was too busy doing stuff for him. But even Jesus, when he was preaching to the people and he was ministering to other people, he took time away to spend that time with God. And you know, I think we should follow his example and we should take time away from what we're doing to spend that quality time with God because that's important as well. Remember, everything we do is for God. So if we spend so much time doing and not enough time getting to know him, then we're doing an injustice to ourselves. So just make sure, if you can this week, try to get in some extra time with God. I also want to point out that if you don't have a religion and if you don't go to church, God still loves you too. And God has already saved you when he died on the cross. It's the relationship with God that is important. So make sure, and I don't know how many times I can say this, just make sure you have a relationship with God. He loves you. He died for you. And he wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants to know us and he wants us to come to him with our joys and our sorrows. He just wants us to talk to him and have that conversation. The song we're gonna to listen to today is called Covers Me, and it is by an amazing independent artist. Her name is Sarah Reynolds, and it talks about how God covers us in those times when we feel alone and like we're not doing enough or like we're just not good enough, how God covers us with his love and his mercy. So here's the song by Sarah Reynolds called Covers Me.
Bye-bye.